Activision wants to give you more DLC. Retail game sales aren't looking too great. And Sony gives the official word on the PS4 at E3. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. edition of the Mashless Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with senior editor Rob Hill-Williams. Hello, hello. And uh, our other senior editor, Nick Santangelo. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Mashcast number 35, and we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Uh, Rob, what you been playing? I've uh, been playing Skyrim, still. Uh, not as much as I'd like to, but still been playing it. Uh, my Magic Clash of Heroes, Final Fantasy 13-2 demo just came out two days ago, uh, maybe three, I think two. Uh, I actually really liked it. Uh, I liked the, I was one of the people that liked 13 well enough, though, so it wasn't a very huge shift, but you can definitely see where they expanded the game. Like, the game, the, the battle mechanics are still the same, so if you didn't like that, if, like, that was why you hated 13, you're not going to like 13, too, so just stay away from it. But if your problem wasn't the battle system, but it was just, oh, it was so linear and blah, blah, blah. They expanded the game a lot. Like, I spent two hours playing the demo. Uh, it's big. <laughs> like, and that was just one little, like, part of an episode. Um, and then I've also been messing around with Bulletstorm again uh, for an upcoming project that you guys will hear at a later date. So, Yeah, hopefully sooner than later. And for, yeah. like, Final Fantasy thirteen, it was both the... The you know how linear it was and the battle system. I did not like either or. See, I like the battle system. Like it, it didn't have so much. It had a lot more to do with like your strategy for what like your party, what party type you chose for stuff more so than like what micromanaging like what attack and what thing in things that you did. Although that eventually came into play anyway, at least for me. So I don't know. I would. I would have. I just real quick interject. I would have liked a little bit more control over the um other characters in your party but overall i like the direction they took i like the idea behind it it wasn't really the the battle system that got me more of that running the straight line for the first two-thirds of the game basically that i was like yeah it was still a pretty good game though they actually did fix a little bit of that though um you can switch your party leader like in the middle of a in the middle of a fight now so All right, that's kind of cool. You want, yeah, I was like, they they did tweak little things. Like the the overall battle system is still the same though. Like it still deals with the paradigms and stuff. So yeah, that's right, what, right. What the nail in the coffin for me before like the uh, like I mean I was kind of dealing with the whole linear thing, but then when I realized that at no point would I be controlling the other characters, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was it for me. I never. You know, picked it up again. And the thing is, like, I put my first sit through was like pretty long. It was a pretty long, like, you know, sitting. Cause I'm like, when am I gonna get a chance to control the other characters? And then, like, 
you know, I've been playing for a while. I'm still not doing it. I look it up online, and they're like, nope. I'm like, I'm out. And that was it. <laughs> Final Fantasy 13. Yeah, it, they, they made a lot of fine tweaks, because now you can change some stuff as far as, like, what actions and stuff people will take in the party, and just little random things. But overall, very good. Like, I, I like the direction. I was kind of unsure before. Now I'm getting it. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about you, Nick? What you been playing? Uh, this week I mostly been playing Deus Ex Human Revolution. A little a uh, little behind on that. I'm playing it for the first time. Got it for Christmas. I'm really liking it. I'm really liking the game. But why does Adam Jensen sound like Christian Bale's Batman voice? I've I've heard that it a lot. It is so bad. It, oh, and it, it, like, it, every, it's just get worse as the game goes on. Because every protagonist now kind of, like, if they're not, like, we're going to be an everyman, they're gravelly voice, you know, grizzled veteran. Like, I don't yeah. think there's an in-between unless you go back to JRPG, you know, 12-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be one of the extremes, huh? Right. Like, it's I guess only you're extremes. right. I guess you're right when you think about it most games. Um, it's interesting, too, because the conversations in the beginning of the game when he's talking to uh, his former love interest, uh, I thought it was, like, really i thought it was really good the conversations and it just felt pretty real it wasn't anything like crazy like oh my god this is amazing it just felt like this is almost like a real conversation that real people might have but more as the game goes on it's just more like some of the conversation like this is like so stupid <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the game but just a lot of like the conversation i'm like ah this is dumb just come on and it doesn't help that the batman thing Swear to me! Yeah. <laughs> Justice! All he did was gargle a little glass before they turned him into Robocop. That's all. Yeah. You know. But I do like the game. The gameplay is really solid. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, other than that, played a few matches of Halo and a little bit of Gears of War 3. And that's Halo Reach, by the way, not the Anniversary Edition. And that was that was it for me. What have you been up to, Jared? Not playing Deus Ex, even though I own it. <laughs> um yeah, actually. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, the only reason I have it, I keep forgetting that I have it because I only bought it to get TF2 exclusive items. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying that, actually. Oh. Yeah, That's so... Your sniper rifle. Yeah, like, the and the, and the glasses, like, I'm, I'm cool as shit with those glasses on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, yeah, that's that's the real reason I have it, so I'll play it eventually. But other than that, um, I have a, a couple things that I've been playing. Actually, I haven't been playing that much, to be honest with you, though. Uh, I've been playing Super Crossfire, which has been good. Uh, one of our earliest reviews on Mashable's Buttons was of Crossfire from Radiant Games, was an indie game, and he ported that to PC. And he's actually using the extra power of, like, you know, you know the graphics cards we have to do additional stuff like... Um, it crossfires it's kind of like space invaders if you haven't seen it but basically like you can warp between the top and bottom of the screen so now like before you know you would just warp to the top bottom now when you warp to the top bottom it tilts and actually gives a kind of a cool effect and at the same time makes the game a little harder because it's kind of harder to see like you know let's say i'm on the bottom of the screen the top of the screen is tilted back so if i'm trying to see you know who's firing, if, if somebody's firing where I'm going to warp to, it's kind of harder to, to actually tell if they are. So I, I do like that change. Um, I've played uh, The Lord of the Rings War of the North. I bought that game as a pack of three for $90 um, 
on Amazon's clearance from last year. Uh, they have that Need for Speed to Run and um, uh, was Ace Combat, the new Ace Combat, all for ninety bucks, like three of those games. So I bought them. I haven't played Ace Combat yet, um, but War of the North, I w- that is like disgustingly bad. It really is. Like, really that horrendous? It is horrendous. Like, compared to the old well, the old Lord of the Ring games that came out, like, on PS2, it yeah. is horrendous. And then, I have this question for developers. How can you make a game that only plays a 720p this day and age? Come on, Chief. Come on, dog. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I understand that a lot of, that not, not everybody. Yeah, no, I understand that not everybody has 1080p televisions. I totally get that. But at the very least, you got, your, your game shouldn't look like trash on a, on a 1080p television. Like, it looks like complete trash. Like, when I would, like, you know, slit the throats of, like, an ogre or something like that, it looks like he was, like, spilling pixels out of his neck. That's pretty bad. Not That's pretty bad. <laughs> I was like, "Come on, man!" And then ah, right in the pixular vein. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, it was bad, and like, uh, the, the, it wasn't a whole lot of action going on in some parts. The te- not the text, sorry, but the voice. You know what they would say would just over and over and over again. It was mm. uh, the best part of that game. There's like a badass eagle, you know, uh, that you get to talk to. And that's it. Oh, I thought you were going to say, you know, when you turned it off was the best part. But. Uh, <laughs> that was the best part of the game. It's funny because you know, I see this big-ass eagle, right, that the, the ogres have captured. And, you know, he's trying to get out. And he's making all these bird noises. And then he stands up and starts talking to me, you know, kind of like Liam Nielsen as, like, the lion from uh, as well, Narnia. From yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chronicles. That's what he sounded like. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, when he started talking. But um, so I've been playing that. Um, I've also been playing Need for Speed to Run, which for thirty dollars, eh? I mean, I don't even, eh? You know, it's it's. I I would have felt better if I got it for twenty. <laughs> I felt better for all the people who bought it at sixty then. Yeah, I would have felt better if I got it at twenty. Yeah, look at the bright side. Rob's right. <laughs> Yo, it, I will tell you this: like, if anybody is planning on getting that game, and you have, uh, you know, let's say you haven't gotten it yet, you're planning on getting it when it drops in price, maybe. Do not pick the Shelby GT as your first vehicle, because I don't even think it has a steering wheel. I I honestly wow. think that you have to steer that thing with your that body makes me weight. Sad too, because I bet you what they give you like a muscle car, like a sport car, and a and like a exactly like a yeah drifter. Like. You know, I, I expected you know when I, it said handling very difficult, so I I went into the that with the mindset of okay, this is going to be difficult handling. I actually I'm gonna have to think before you know I turn and stuff like that. But dude, like. It's just sometimes just not responsive. Like I, right. it just feels like you have you like your dude is in the car leaning to get the car to turn when he was <laughs> going around. <laughs> dude, it is it is it is it's like that. I mean, overall the game is not terrible, but that being that being my first experience, I definitely it soured me. It soured me a little bit. And also Another thing that soured me is the fact that, you know, the, that origin EULA that we thought only affects, con, uh, you know, PCs? No, it affects consoles, too. All, if, you, if you have a game that uses Autolog, it means that you use an EA account. If you have an EA account, that means you are subject to the same terms of service or EULA that uh, origin is, which means... And to refresh our listeners' memories, that was something that you were a big fan of, right, Jared? Oh, yeah. Huge fan of getting my <laughs> rights stripped away. Huge fan. But, yeah, basically, because that's what, you know, as soon as I popped the game in, 
it's like, you know, here, register for, all, not register for online, but uh, you have to accept this terms of, of service to play online, which I'm not, a, like, I'm, I'm kind of used to that from online games now, but because it's EA, now I read every EA ULA, right. you know? So they don't say it at the top, like, like on the Microsoft one, like, you know, when they change theirs, it says, warning. Here's or, what's changed. It says, this is important. This affects your rights. Read this. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't say that. I had to. I looked through the table of contents, and in the table of contents it says distri- uh, It says, uh, "What does it say? Dispute by arbitration." So I go down to section twenty, which is this uh, dispute by arbitration, and I read that whole section, and boom, there it is. Doesn't even doesn't even put it in capital letters for you, like you know the Sony one did or the Microsoft one did, but it's right there. So it, now the con- the EA console games aren't even safe. So, you know, what do you think they're going to do with Mass Effect 3? You know? What do you all... think happens when fucking FIFA is, they find out that, or they, they finally are like, yeah, so uh, actually there was a hack, you know, oh, or yeah. some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh... So, yeah, none of us are safe from the, the origin of ULA. And my thing is, like, well, if that's the case, if I can't buy an EA game and use the online function, there's no EA game I'm going to buy at full price anymore. Yep, and that's just Not that. All that going on with it. I mean, like, even if you opt out, I mean, like, it's still shitty. Like, it's just you're not affected necessarily, but it's still just shitty that they're doing it. Oh yeah, that's the thing. You get, those people, like, everybody who's buying it at sixty bucks, really needs to pay attention. And if you uh, if you're agreeing to those EULAs, you need to pay attention because your rights are being stripped away. But they're not paying attention to it. In fact, what well, Netflix just two days ago instituted yep. they just added it to theirs too so now it's it's getting around to places outside of just you know gaming related things did you see that nick did you see the netflix no i did not i haven't been on netflix in the yeah. last two days so well here the thing is like i didn't like i didn't notice until katie said something about it and when when i go into my netflix it doesn't say anything but if i go to my account management it says it there it says i need to agree to this so i'm not going to agree to it i'm going to wait to see exactly how long they take to right, stop before they sending, put it in your face. Yeah, before they put it in my face, or they stop sending me DVDs. Because the moment they stop sending my DVDs, or they cut off my service, I'm gonna I'm gonna deactivate my account. Okay, because that's what I was gonna ask you. It's it's not mandatory yet. Not because, yet. Uh, because Jess, Jess from the site, my girlfriend for our listeners, um, she's had she's had it on. You know, she has it on all the time, and I haven't seen it pop on there. I haven't turned it on myself, but I would have thought that one of us would have seen that. But I guess if it's not, it's like in the background right now, it's like, hey, come agree to surrendering stuff if you want to. Come it's on, not, it'll be it, fun. It's not even like on the uh, like the Xbox player or anything like that. It's on the website. Just on the, okay. That's the only place I saw it, so. Huh. Yeah, man. It's we'll dark to keep times. An eye on that. Yeah, we'll have to see how that progresses, which hopefully it does not, but it, I'm sure it will. Yeah. Super yeah. hearing around the corner, ULA is up your, in your front door. It is dark times. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, actually, let's. Oh, I'll, I, I can segment that right into the topics because I think Call of Duty fans are gonna have some dark times ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! Look Ooh, at that! you like that one? I'm uh, thank you very much. Uh, so basically, what we're talking about is uh, now this article didn't come out this week. It actually, I think one, I think the first week of January, this article came out uh, regarding Call of Duty DLC. Um. Basically, it it was a uh, it was an article on Wired that caught my attention. It says that uh, Activision will enhance enhance 
I'm, I want to put that in quotations, enhance Call of Duty every few weeks. Sweet. Uh, and it was an interview with Eric Hirsch, or Hirschberg or Hirschberg. Uh, Hirschberg, hey, here he is again. Yeah, with the CEO of Activision. Uh, and says that, you know, they did some research and they found that, you know, Activision fans want more DLC. And they said, okay. So instead of, I guess, making more full DLC packs, they're deciding to break up DLC into smaller, you know, DLC segments. And that's how they're going to keep you in hands. Like, you know, instead of giving you, I don't know, like five, six maps, a, uh, you know, a DLC, they may give you one or two. But you know what? I... So I I would expect that they are still going to charge at least ten dollars for those two maps. That is my prediction. Surprise me at all. If not fifteen dollars, if not fifteen, I'm going to yeah, say they, at least. Yeah, 10. I'm I'm I would think that they would lower it from what it was, but I do see them keeping it rel- like relatively high because they need to keep the value of elite high, but they can't do that naturally. Obviously, like they have to do it artificially. Oh yeah. Actually, let me uh, let me read to you what uh, Eric said. Uh, one of the things that was most appealing when we were researching these ideas with consumers is the idea of breaking up the DLC so that it comes more often and more regularly. We want to provide DLC to people who often who oh sorry to DLC more often and also experiment with more of a variety in the forms of playable content. So they might actually throw some other types of modes like or, or missions for spec out spec out modes. Stuff like that, but I mean, the major thing I'm getting from this is that they they're gonna break up your DLC even more. Like in my opinion, ten dollars for two maps is not worth it. It's not worth it, especially, especially, and you console kids fucked it up for us. Maps used to be free. <laughs> New maps used to be free. I'm crying. Just gonna inside. start crying on the map. <laughs> <laughs> Can tank armor be far away? <laughs> dude like oh that's next <laughs> yeah this I is guess. just like i i hate to rail on call of duty again i really do just because we do it all the time but they give us so it's, much it's ammo. not hard to do it with with news like this breaking yes. this is just everything that i think the three of us i think i can speak for all three of us that we hate about dlc like this is the complete opposite i know personally what i want to get out of dlc breaking it up into smaller chunks and having it come out constantly no, that sounds horrible. Now yeah. I'm sure there is Mr. Hardcore Call of Duty player out there, and that's fine. You know, cool if, if that's you. I'm sure those guys are like, yeah, this is gonna be great. I can't wait to spend money every week on Call of Duty shit. But for the vast majority of people, you're like, really? I gotta buy stuff like every couple weeks. There's gonna be like two new maps and like probably some new camo for my uh, AK-47 or something. Like seriously. Yeah, and they're planning, like, well, for the first three months, there's going to be, there's five DLC planned for the first three months, and over the next nine months, 20 in total. That is utterly ridiculous, especially if if my prediction is true, and they do release it at $10 per DLC pack. Like, that's unbelievable. I mean, in my opinion, it's a power play to push people into Elite. It really yeah. is, because I mean, yeah. like sense. I said, artificial, artificially boosting. It's you know, it's it's necessity, really. Like, if especially if it sticks with like the the content plan, which is two maps. Like, since they're starting with two maps, if it's two maps each pack, like at ten bucks, like yeah, people are gonna absolutely buy elite, 
you know, I mean, technically, no, you don't have to, you know, some people will say you don't have to buy it, you know, you could still play the game, but what are you going to do when, you know, three-fourths of your friends all have Elite and right. they're all playing on different maps and stuff? That's exactly what I was going to say. That, people get pressured yeah. into getting DLC on consoles all the time. Like, yo, dude, we all got the new DLC, so why don't you play? And I'm like, I'll play. I don't know if I'm going to get this stuff. And then you hop in. It's like, oh, you don't have the required maps or whatever. Uh, I guess I'll just get this shit. Especially with a game like Call of Duty. I mean, like, the game has been out for a couple months, and, like, those 16 maps or whatever it comes with, people have played those to death by now. You know, like... Yeah. Right. It, it, peer pressure is going to be a factor, you know, or not even necessarily peer pressure, just, you know, wanting to play with your friends. But you know what? What else can happen here? Like, I could, if they were doing, like, let's say a DLC pack every other month, that's one thing to me. Like a, like a $15 DLC pack every other month. You know, I think that people will be peer pressured into that uh, more easily. But I think with the fact that they're releasing DLC so frequently and with such... You know, with with only one to two maps, maybe three maps, I actually foresee some community segmentation because of this. Like, you're going to have some people going to have these maps. You're going to have some people that are going to have these maps. You know, not everybody is going to grab every single DLC. This is, this is, this is, you know, expecting that everybody who plays Call of Duty is going to grab every single DLC. The other thing about this too, and I, I guess like maybe I'm just just realizing this, but like we're in January already. If they're gonna release, say, you know, over the first three months, like over the next three months, release five packs, and then they still plan to release more in the next nine months, like you're really riding right up to the next Call of Duty. Oh yeah. And people will play up until the next Call of Duty, but are they gonna buy DLC like? right up at the door of having to spend another $60 or another $110 realistically now. Cause like, that's what, that's really where we are. If you really want to get the full experience, like you need to pay $110 if, and that's, and that's if you're smart, like if you're, if you're stupid and you decide not to get elite and you decide to pay for all of this stuff separately, you're going to pay more. Oh, you're yeah. going to pay more. Um, and I, one of swords was like, uh, somebody was asking a bunch of questions about, uh, elite. Um, and it, Basically, he he basically said that you know like if you if you're going to play if you're going to play all the DLC like get Elite because it's going to be cheaper for you even when they release because they're talking about releasing it as a bundle pack on you know Xbox Live PSN later for like all the ones that they do release like he's saying it's still going to be cheaper so literally like you need to buy Elite if you want to play like if you want to get everything at the best value but that's one hundred and ten dollars for a single game each year. Yeah. yeah. Plus, by the it, time that bundle pack comes blows out, blows my I, mind. By the time that bundle pack comes out, like at the rates they're talking about continuing to bring stuff, it's like, well, now cool. Now you got all the old maps. Here's like, you know, six more coming out over the next three weeks. Yeah, like and it was like you're already going to be behind again in a week. That's too. Yep. That's too much. I mean, that, for certain type of people, this will work. Like for the the non gamer gamer, like the gamer who only plays Call of Duty, you know. Yeah, this might work. Ten dollars for a year is fine. That's exactly. all you gotta spend on a game, right? But for like somebody, uh, even if I enjoyed Call of Duty, let me think of a, a first-person shooter like I actually like, I, I enjoy. Like, okay, let's say Battlefield Three because the multiplayer for Battlefield Three I do enjoy. I just like I said before, I don't have it because I don't want to deal with Origin. Okay, if they even if they did something like this and it's a game that I do like, I I play too many other games to keep up with this all the time. Right. You know. Very good point. I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. 
Sorry, yeah, I'm cutting in. Uh, we, we lost that organization that we had earlier already. We've already gone downhill, folks. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, if this was a game that I played all the time, I'd, I'd be just as pissed off. This isn't just like we don't play Call of Duty, so we, we hate this. This is We would hate this no matter what it what, what the game was. Yeah. But and they I want you to play nothing but Call of Duty. Exactly. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. That's, that's what the whole plan is. This is... Activision wants you to just drop everything else. So put down Angry Birds, everyone, because I know that's what you've been playing. <laughs> just play, play Call of Duty year round. Like Call of Duty is is a uh, MMO now. Is basically what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this is gonna work for. I mean, Call of Duty is an immensely popular game, obviously. So this is gonna work for some because there are some. When did movies, that happen? Yeah. Well, that happened when they dumped it down to the like oh, the lowest okay. common denominator. Uh, so I mean, like. This is definitely going to to work, you know, to a degree. And you know what? I do predict that Activision will have success financially with this. What's going to happen to their community? That, that that's a different story, you know. But um, I do believe they're going to have financial success with this. I just hope that other publishers and developers don't try to pick this up like some of them like did with the with the with the you know Call of Duty clones they try to produce. I really hope that doesn't happen, and they, you know, they take up this model because they see that it works for Activision. Why can't it work for us? It can't work for you because you don't have Call of Duty. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And one last thing I'd like to note before we move on, I, the thing that the bowling says we want to include other things, other than map packs. We want. He never says like we have or we already have done it or we're going to. So keep that in mind, people who got elite, when you when you're getting nothing but maps this year. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, let's just move on to our next topic, which is uh, about free-to-play games. Um, we, You know, we, we've talked about free-to-play games, well, I was going to say a lot this year, but, you know, this is the second match of the year. Um, you know, over the last few months, a lot last year. Uh, and, you know, everybody, you know, when we talk about free-to-play games, everybody's talking about, oh, yeah, we have this many more players now. You know, this many more active accounts. And we always say, well, that's well and good, but how much money are you actually making? Like, is it worth it? Well, SOE dropped a few numbers, you know, for some players on, on Twitter. And, and, and you know, just for um, gamesindustry.biz. Uh, first up is EverQuest 2. Uh, basically, the stats go for EverQuest 2. There was a 40% rise in daily logins and a 300% increase in players, which is great. But how much money are they making? Well, they said that there is a 200% rise in item sales. So, I mean, they, they don't they don't specify whether they mean, you know, item, like, units or actually, like, revenue dollars, how much they're making there. They don't specify for sure. But the, the number that specifically caught my eye was about DCU. Um, they said that DCU, it grows, and then this is as of November, DCU was growing at about uh, 6% a day in terms of the player base, but they have a 700% increase in daily revenue. 700% increase in daily revenue. Having played it, it's easy to tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, it does encourage you. Like, not just encourage you because, like, oh, you need it, but encourages you because the game is good and you yeah. want to spend money on it. Yeah. I and know the first time I saw that cosmic armor, you know, it's like a, an armor you put it on and it makes it look like you're in the cosmos. I yeah, it makes like, you look like you're like an, an an infinite being of the cosmos with the stars like running through your body and stuff like that. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'd totally buy that. 
but it's probably like you know mad expensive. Each armor piece was like two bucks, I think. You can get the entire Unless, armor set. Oh well, yeah, the entire armor set is like, like ten bucks or something like that. Yeah, it actually I don't even think it was that much. I think it like it it worked out to like a dollar. Yeah, well, actually, I think that like the chess piece was like two bucks, and then everything right. else is a dollar. But either way, it was pretty cheap to get. Yeah, that. it wasn't like ten dollars for here's this hand, here's these hands. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy, this guy bought Gundam wings. Oh yeah, so that's, that's exactly all. what they are. Is Gundam wings? Yeah, that I, was, <laughs> that's what got him. I contemplated the cosmic armor, but as soon as I saw Gundam wings, I was like, on it, on it. <laughs> like that was it, you know. Um, I also bought that helicopter. I have a little helicopter that flies around with me. He's got a pet. <laughs> yeah, I've got a pet. It's a helicopter, you know. But, yeah, I mean, I think they did free-to-play right. And I haven't played EverQuest 2, so I can't tell you. But um, I think in terms of DCU, they definitely did, you know, free-to-play right. Um, there are games that can definitely do free-to-play wrong, like APB, in my opinion. Even though I do know people who play APB every day, but I know when I saw the gun... That cost $65. I was like, oh, And your no. ability cooldown? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, like sold separately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Almost. Almost, yeah, dude. Almost. Every time, every time you would finish, like, a mission in APB, it says, you got this much XP, but you could have this much XP if you were paying, you know, had the premium service. And, oh, yeah, by the way, your cooldowns are, like, half, you know, half the time now, and blah, blah, blah. You know? So it's... Yeah, there's definitely right ways to do it, wrong way to do it. Uh, SOE, I think, is definitely, at least with DCU, leading the pack and how to run a free-to-play, you correctly. know, correctly, you know? Yeah, I, it's, I, I don't know about, like, whatever Quest 2's model is, but, I, I mean, obviously it must be decent if people are, if they're seeing, if they're seeing an, into, you know, in-game sales items. It doesn't necessarily mean revenue, but at least they're having an increase and not just there's more players and now we're having more server issues and we're not making any more money because that is eventually what I think will happen when stuff gets, starts getting oversaturated. But I mean, it does say a lot. Like, I mean, personally being able to attest to a game that's like, okay, you're doing free to play, right? Because I want to play your game. Like, and it makes me and wish, buy your stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like play your game and buy your stuff. Like I've, I've spent one, like a, over 20 bucks maybe in that game so far or about 20 bucks and like that's and like i'm like that's good and i and when more packs come out i'll probably buy more of the expansion packs i can't necessarily say like depending on what items and things they have what i'll buy but expansion packs and things like the game is compelling too like they made a good game it just wasn't good enough to pay a subscription for uh one thing i didn't know until actually reading this article is that aeon is going free to play in february um, that was another game I was like, oh man, I'm really interested in this. Wasn't interested enough to pay a subscription for it. And they're doing their model the same way the DCU is, from what I can see. Mm. Like you, they have three tiers. People who already were subscriptions get like a higher tier to start with for free. And you could have like the nut, you know, pay the $10 a month to get, you know, basically like a full unlock type of thing. Um, starting people, you get you can have two characters, less chatting abilities, no trading, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff to keep gold sellers from running amok. And, but like their models like the same way. And I'm like, if people keep doing it correctly, I still think you can get oversaturated, but at least it's better. So I, I, I'm glad to see people doing it right. So, yeah. So hopefully uh, I'm probably going to check out Aeon since it's on a free to play too, you know, 
Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll, me and Rob will report back <laughs> with our findings. Uh, yeah, but um, moving on to our next topic. Um, I don't want to sound like a doomsayer here. So I, I was originally going to say the fall of retail, but it's not that serious. <laughs> um, well, basically, uh, over in the UK, I believe there was like a 13% overall, like a 13% drop in, you know, box game sales. Um, actually, no, I've read, I've read two different things. I have to be honest. I've read two different things. I have read that there was a 13% drop and then I've read there was a 7% drop. So somewhere in between there, there's the right answer. Either way, we're looking at a decline in box game sales. Um, I will say though, when I found this interesting that they expected more of a drop according to the articles that we read. Right, like they. Yeah, uh, they, that's what they said. No, that's what they said. They didn't. They didn't specify, but they did say they expected a drop. Yeah, they they definitely. Drop. They expected. I don't know if that's according to the GFK chart track or or what. It doesn't specify, but yeah, it's definitely uh, UK analysts were expecting a sharper fall off. In boxed so, game sales. Yay for doing bad but not terrible. Yeah. Now this doesn't say a bad thing for gaming. It's just, I think it's just a decline in box game sales, not games in general. So digital sales are doing, you know, better uh, than I guess, you know, they did the the year before. Um, the one thing I did kind of save the industry over in the UK, not the industry, sorry, but, you know, the uh, save those numbers, I guess, over in the UK was the fact that 51% of the sales done for box game sales were between October and December. So, hey, holidays. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, one quarter of the year. And I do. I, I'm sorry. I actually did see the difference in where the seven percent, the the thirteen percent came from. Seven uh, percent was just for the the box games sold. Seven thirteen percent was taking everything, including consoles, together. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I knew I was in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Console hardware took a steeper drop, but you know, mm-hmm. now. To do. Yeah. Now, Best Buy didn't necessarily fare as well in terms of game sales, because uh, Best Buy they didn't specify exactly how how much of a drop, but they said it was definitely a double digit decline in game sales. So that can go anywhere from ten to ninety nine percent. Well, they said low double digit, so ninety eight percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, my guess is somewhere more between ten to twenty percent, but you know. Well, if you want to be logical about it. I'm just saying, Rob, you, you'll never make it as a doomsayer or an analyst. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're not going to cut it. It's interesting talking all positive like that. I'm cutting it as an analyst. Thank fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so at Best Buy, they did see, you know, double-digit decline in sales. Now, I thought it was kind of funny, um, you know, what analysts, of course, are, are saying uh, about it. Because uh, they were actually really, really fast to, you know cast doom and the destruction of whatever they can so that you know when it happens if it happens it's like hey i'm right i'm worth something but uh a couple things we'll talk about those 10 other predictions they made that weren't right though yeah exactly (laughs) this is their time to shine though we got that one right remember we said that (laughs) so yeah you know nostradamus and whatnot doesn't matter how many you get wrong as long as you get the last one right right (laughs) well they uh actually i think it wasn't necessarily an analyst but um you know, uh, someone from a uh, representative from Best Buy, you know, kind of blamed partially, you know, Amazon and GameStop. You know, actually, I know at Best Buy, Best Buy, you know, they uh, they really dislike Amazon. Like they say, Amazon just uses them as a showroom. 
which um I don't know, that may actually kind of be true, but maybe you should be matching Amazon's prices. You know, if you want them to yeah, stay. You, you need to be if people are walking into your store to look at your stuff and leaving, that isn't a problem with Amazon, it's a problem with you. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I was and I may be wrong about somebody from Best Buy saying I may be an analyst, but Nick is checking into that right now. Yes, uh, we're putting our top man on it. Yeah, the, yeah. The only person we have. Yeah. Which is me. <laughs> I, I think it's the analyst saying that. I think there there are there is a statement from Best Buy here too talking about the drop off, the ninety eight percent. Again, these are these are rough figures. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, they also said it's people are, are you know are shopping at you know dedicated game stores or, or smaller shops. Um, personally, I'm just like, here's the deal. When it comes to Amazon, like, I can get games. I, I got a, a sixty a game that's still sixty dollars in Best Buy for thirty dollars on Amazon. Why would I come to Best Buy? You know, really? Shit, why would you go to GameStop? <laughs> exactly. Like, why? Why would I? Why would I come to your store when I can get, you know, cheap? When I can get stuff cheaper elsewhere? You know, exciting pre-order opportunities. Um, no. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Because there are some people that still walk into a store for that. You know, because uh, I guess that matters. <laughs> well, take well then take this into consideration. You know, if you have Amazon Prime, which is eighty bucks a year, okay. But if you buy like a lot of stuff from Amazon, it's totally worth it. Simply because, first of all, we well, well, you know, free shipping, free like two day shipping. If you do pre order something, it is at your house or wherever you shipped it to, the day of release. So, like for me, I mean, I work. I mean, I work, you know, nine to five every day. I don't need to, you know, to go to Best Buy at nine o'clock in the morning to pick up a game that I want to buy. You know what I'm saying? When I get home, it's going to be there. Not to mention you actually, you get what the Amazon Prime, like, you know, streaming service, which really isn't doing too much right now because it's not attached to any devices to my knowledge. But hey, it's a perk. Yeah, you can get it on the Roku and that's about it. Yeah, but I'm saying it's 80 bucks a year. It's it's a total win. It's in my opinion, it's a win-win situation. And you um, don't got to walk into a store and have somebody try and sell you a shitty card. Oh, oh yeah. I walked into a Best Buy this week, actually. And I needed a printer cartridge. A printer cartridge. And one of their employees tried to sell me a printer. I did that. <laughs> and I'm just... Uh, I had to end the conversation with... I don't know what gave you the idea that this was a debate. I just want a printer cartridge. Right. You know, I'm not like, here to get something. Your job is to help me get that thing. You can try and let me know about other things, but don't assume that you know what I need. Yeah. I think it's just a failing in the way retail, brick-and-mortar retail is run. It's corporate. Yeah, it's not the sales associate. It's He's not like, how can I be an ass today and try to sell people oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's I'm, like, my boss is going to fire my ass if, <laughs> I, if I'm not an ass, you know? Well, yeah, um, it's not necessarily his fault. I mean, it is like, you know, that's what they tell them to do. I think it's kind of the problem with retail. Either the employees yeah, getting like, your way, they get in your way, or they don't help enough. Right. You uh, know. Similar to your story, Jared, my mother went into Best Buy uh, because she had a problem with her cell phone. It just randomly deleted all her contacts. She went awesome. in there to talk to them about that. And they, they, instead of actually trying to help her with that, they're like, well, you should get a new phone. And she's like, what? well, if I get this, yeah, no, I swear to God. And she's like, if I get this new phone, is that going to fix my problem? Like, will you guys then, you know, will my contacts magically be back? He's like, well, 
no, but you know, you'll have a new phone. It's basically <laughs> just like walked out. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of like I think it's they're, they're cannibalizing themselves, kind of simply because they're worried that oh, well, we're not stretching out the services enough. We're not people aren't coming back. We need to make people depend on us. You know. Right. Pretty much. So that's why they want to rope you into their services. And, you know, all stuff. I mean, even when I used to work there, you know, at almost everything that they that they released. Like, I remember when Reward Zone first came out. I was working there when Reward Zone first came out. And they're like, well, yeah, you know, if somebody has a, a club card or a subscription card, they're 30% more likely to come back and blah, 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 blah. You know? So it's, it's always been like that. But now it's getting to the point where it's just... Annoying. It's overbearing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. too much. Like your service, your service shouldn't be about you know what someone sells to you. It should be about what or you know what you sell to them. It should be about you helping them find the things that they want, so they will buy from you. Like that. Yeah. It's really that simple. Like stuff like Steam gets that. And like I think that's the major reason that you see retail going away because you have a whole bunch of departments and a bunch of overhead, and you have people who are trying to justify keeping their jobs, and uh, you know you have guys that are like, man, my bonus wasn't you know two million this year; it was only one point nine million. I need a way to somebody to you know to make up that money for me. So I need you to go schlock these cards to people and try and get them in the store because some guy, you know, who I pay a bunch of money tells me that that's how you get people to come back in your store. Not from Absolutely. the customer service, not from all the other stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And again, it's not just Best Buy. This is mostly brick and mortar Every retail. retail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mostly. Somewhere out there, there's probably somebody doing something right. Yeah. I don't know who, but I know if you're out there, good work. Keep it up. Yeah. Everybody else, you suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, I mean, Best Buy is just the story. Is cause, I mean, because out of, out of all the American you know, retailers, they're probably one of the largest. I really can't think of too many other larger obviously electronics retail well yeah there's walmart but they that's because they do everything right you know what i'm saying they're like the playstation 3 of retail it only does everything you know <laughs> please <don't> compare <laughs> the ps3 to walmart for god's sake i'm just saying you feel dirty turning it on <laughs> where else can i get milk and shotgun rounds at three o'clock in the morning okay Nowhere that you actually want to go, other than Walmart. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, Walmart does everything. So Walmart's Walmart in the south. Yeah, like Walmart's a superstar. I mean, like when I think when retail finally does like really falter to like to its knees, I think the Walmart and Target will still be standing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they provide too many other things. Like even if other parts of them fall away, like they still have enough left over. Like even if like one segment completely like. If you stop selling video games retail, period, like they still have so much other stuff that yeah, they don't go away. Exactly. Yeah. But and still, they really don't do that. Still like need, you know, necessities and stuff. Yeah, but like, that's the thing. Like they with, with everybody else, like you know, your Best Buys and even like your Game Stops and stuff like that is they you they need to offer something to compensate for the fact that I can get things so cheap online. And your only advantage being that I can pick something up right now really isn't enough anymore because you know it's not, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or whatever but I'm like an extremely patient man like I, and certain games I need to have that day when it comes out like that day I need to have it like when Half-Life 3 comes out you won't see Jared at work you know but what I'm saying you don't have to go anywhere to go get it <laughs> yeah exactly that's very true Yo, Gabe, you done with that? yeah, yeah here it is Jared right, come on up <laughs> go out of the basement now yeah 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like, you know, you haven't uh, gone there for a while. <laughs> yeah, you haven't gone there for a while. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, you know, just having the fact that I can get something right away is not enough anymore. Um, actually, for example, yeah, I mean, this there were plenty close enough to right away. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah, there were plenty of games like that I played this year that I didn't play when I first got it. Like, I mean, Arkham City, Arkham City. I did. I I got Arkham City right, and then I went to China. And then I played Arkham City when I came back from China. Like I didn't even open Arkham City before I left. Uh, Infamous, um, Assassin's Creed. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I did play Assassin's Creed right away. But that's only because I was reviewing it. If I wasn't reviewing Assassin's Creed, I probably would have, uh, you know, waited to play it a little bit. So, I mean, that's the thing, like... Bulletstorm. Yeah, there's a ton yeah. of games you didn't play. I mean, I know that I still have I still have Deus Ex sitting on my shelf. I still need to play Catherine. I, like, I have at least four games i still haven't finished assassin's creed like from this year like saints row i've played some but like i haven't finished it you right know, like, right there's just games you know like and i think that's part of it too there's there's uh, there's so many choices and i guess it depends on the year too like with a year like this like it, there you could definitely be patient because you're oh, yeah. already playing so much other stuff you yeah know? and i mean i can see if like you're a kid like you know a child or even a teenager don't don't really have a job you know when you get that game you you know you buy right. you get it that you day that game right now and yeah. you play it and you probably beat it within the week but you know what i know i'm spending more money than a teenager on video games and most adults are that's the difference like you know if somebody like, a teenager like he either unless he's like you know lucky or or extremely talented he either has like no job you know, so mommy and daddy are buying it with his, you know, with the, with allowance money, or, or he, he has a, Best Buy selling you phones you don't need. Exactly, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> and he's not making that much money, so he's really not buying that many games in the first place. But I mean, I dropped stacks on games this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? Obviously, our yeah, it's a little obscene. A little differently, <laughs> 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 it's a little obscene what the what the reports look like when you look at the receipts and you're like, yeah, I did spend that much money this oh, year. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, oh, let's just not look at that. Let's I, just I, pretend that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like, wow, I can't believe I spent that much that much money. Like, not not for two, 2011, but when I did my expenses for 2010, I'm pretty sure it came into like something like $1,700 in video games. Sounds about right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what like. But, I mean, like, this year, a Vita, like, I'm, oh, two yeah. Vitas coming down the pike, at least, like, plus all the game, like, it's it's going to be another year. <laughs> like, it really is. Bought yeah. a gaming seat last year. Uh, I'm looking at Vita and Wii U. That's good. That's going to get expensive. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm looking at a Wii U as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> But, I mean, what, but it's also we have less we have less time because as you have older, you know, anybody who's a little older, you have less time to play games. Right. Like, you spend all your time playing games just to write about them, and then you have to stop playing the games to write about them for a site. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, pretty much. You know, but that's the, I guess back to like the topic at hand. There is no like retail gives me no reason to to use it at this point in my life, and I know I'm not the only one. You know, especially because if I can get a half off or more, or even twenty five percent off on a game, I'll wait a few days. If that's all. Especially- that and the climate now that you shouldn't buy a game when it comes out. Oh yeah, that definitely. About that part, <laughs> honestly. Oh yeah, that is that definitely that definitely helps out. There's but, a whole bunch of factors, but they all lead to the same place, which is I think where you were going. Right, yeah. you want to wait for all that Call of Duty DLC. Oh yeah, get it at the same time. Right? <laughs> oh no, is that not it? Going in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, going in a different direction. My mistake. 
I do think it's notable, like, since we're on this topic of, you know, kind of retail sales going down and, you know, digital looking up, like, how up is digital sales looking? Well, Steam, um, they, well, for the seventh year in a row, their sales have grown. And uh, as of last year, I don't know how, how many years in a row they've done this, but uh, for 2011, their sales were up 100%. Actually, I'm sorry. I, I read a figure that said it, each year it's been up 100%. 100% each year. And that yeah. is incredible. Yeah, I think Rob's right. Oh, in fact, in, fact in the beginning of it, it says seven. that it's 100% increased in year-over-year year unit sales for the seventh year running. So seven years, 100% increase each year. Yeah, that is, that, now, that is obscene. That, that is unbelievable. I mean, because it's so easy. It's so easy to spend that money. I mean, I I could be at work and I just te- check out, you know, the Steam website and I'm like, huh, yeah, I'll get that when I get home. I'll buy it at work and when I come home, you know, I, I open up Steam and it starts downloading for me. What is Gabe Newell doing with that 1700 bucks you spend anyways? I don't know. He's saving it because I'm treating him <laughs> kind of good in the basement. So, you know, he's got everything he needs down there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so. I'll stop now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, he, he's just like stacking it up for a rainy day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But um, anyways, yeah. yeah, like things are looking up for digital sales. Now that's Steam. Who knows what everybody else is doing? You know, uh, well, I guess we'll Origin really can't compare sales because they just opened up. So we'll, I guess, we'll have to wait until you know at least a year passes for them, or more than that. Yeah, and they're and until comparison. they have something other than Battlefield on there. Exactly. Or, oh, really. they will, because I'm pretty sure they're gonna force you to download like Mass Effect three if you want it on PC and you know, Dead Space Three, Dead Space Three flying game, Dead Space Three <laughs> oh, no. police procedural game. You know, <laughs> like whatever they decide to do with Dead Space Three. Tetris Dead Space, Space Three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Th- with a sixty dollar a year subscription. You know, like ugh. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, but uh you know even like I'm pretty sure even like uh, Gamers Gates, Impulse, Desura, like all these different services are probably you know looking, you know, looking at uh, not as probably not as good as Steam. I, I actually I can almost guarantee not as good as Steam, but you know at least they're looking at, it increases. You know what I'm saying? So because I'm pretty yeah, sure they come out and say that they've lost sales this year. This past I don't year. think so. I'm pretty sure there's an analyst lurking somewhere waiting to find some numbers that's saying somebody is declining in the in in, in the digital realm because there's analysts lurking everywhere you gotta watch yourself guys hide your accountants <laughs> so. hide your accountants hide your bosses <laughs> yeah, exactly they're analyzing everything up in here <laughs> yeah dude it's yeah but things are looking up for digital not so up for retail and i'm just curious i mean these companies these retail companies can't be owned by they're not owned by idiots you know what I'm saying? Like, other than that, they wouldn't be so big. That's a, that's kind of like what I said in regards to, you know, certain things that people say about Nintendo and them going down the tubes and stuff like that. Like, these, these companies aren't run by idiots, you know? So I'm curious to see what are they going to do? Are they actually going to adjust their service so that it will make people want to come back to retail or give people a reason to come back? Or are they just going to brace for impact and, you know you know, just cut off their retail chains or cut off their physical presences when the time comes, you know? Or yeah, what are sometimes do? it almost feels like the people at the top are just like, well, let's just milk this cash cow as much as we can and, you know, I'll make my money and then get the hell out of here. The hell with everybody else. 
Because like you said, obviously, these people are very intelligent that are running these major corporations. And they know a lot of shit that we are not privy to. Right. But when you see the execution of it, it's easy to see why why you're like us and are like, why is this guy trying to sell me whatever when I came in here for the most, you know, simple, completely unrelated issue? Yeah. I mean, for all we know, we, they could be packing their golden parachutes right now. <laughs> they, they could be. They, I think Nick's right. They'll ride it until, you know, it starts looking like a real tailspin. And then they'll do restructuring. They'll, they'll, they'll close down certain divisions. They'll shut some stores down, get rid of people, try and consolidate. But ultimately, like, they'll, they'll still walk away with millions of dollars. Oh, they'll know? be fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Don't worry about us, For them, it's not a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I guess we'll... Well, you know, I guess the the holiday season is over. Well, the holiday season is over. I don't guess that, <laughs> but um, you know, the holiday season's over, so we just have to see what happens this year. You know, especially with with consoles coming out. But um, yeah, we're gonna keep on top of that. But for now, we're just gonna roll on to our next topic, which is the Razer tablet. And the the thing that I find funniest about the Razer tablet is the fact that they're they're pawning it off as like a PC gaming tablet okay um I, uh, okay for anyone who's not looking at the picture <laughs> that sums it up, actually, because i know what the problem is because i thought the exact same thing and i'll explain it to anybody because you're not looking at this picture right now if you look at the picture of it it's a tablet and it has two uh controllers basically attached to it except that the controllers are basically like the playstation move controllers they're analog just- sticks they're analog sticks, but they're saying it's a PC gaming experience. That was the first thing I noticed. Like that was the, only the analog was... sticks. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as I saw the analog sticks, I'm like disqualified, disqualified. Yeah, like, oh, it's nice, but it's not PC gaming. <laughs> exactly. You know. That's what to say about it, I want to see some more. You know, some more specs. It's supposed to have uh, uh, Intel, you know, Core i7 processors, but. You know, it's 10-inch to touchscreen display, two analog, two analog controllers, force feedback, THX certified audio, Wi-Fi networking, and front and rear-facing cameras. But I want to see more. I want to see more specs than that. It also like, probably I'm, comes with a comes with a battery that you know doubles as like a stovetop because of how big it's going to be and how hot that thing's going to get. Yeah, yeah <laughs> don't put it on your lap and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I mean, you're talking about a tablet, a 10-inch tablet with an i7 processor. I mean, it's THQ certified, has force feedback, uh, front and rear facing camera, two analog sticks. It plays games that supp- supposedly it plays, you know, games at like full full resolution, at you know max graphics, things like that. I think like I, I read one place that they were running Skyrim on the prototype at max graphics, and I'm like, that's great and all, but what type of battery life are we talking about with all that? Twenty minutes. None. I mean, if you have a decent sized battery, you know, for a tablet, that's one, you know, that I can't see that battery lasting all that long. Not but on the, games like that. Yeah. And then the thing is, like, if you actually have a, a battery that, you know, is going to last you for a few hours, things going to be huge and hot. Like, not hot as in, like, oh, this, this, this joint is hot. You know, like, hot, like, ouch, fire. That like hot like that. Yeah, like oh, I'm cooking bacon. Oh, that's my legs. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, yeah, I don't... it's like the least portable portable device I've seen. <laughs> yes. Basically, it, this it, is the battery this... life is gonna be a problem. It's gonna be hot, like Jared said. It 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 it's so fugly looking and just like so awkward. This is not a final design. 
we'll give them that that they they do say that you know hey we're still you know working on this it's just a concept at this point but like like Rob said I mean, well it looks like they took the Wii U controller and then just like well what if we took the buttons and yanked them out a little bit and put them into like move uh, PlayStation Move controllers on the sides and it's just like who is carrying this thing around. This is ridiculous. Nobody. It's like desktop laptops that play game like PC games. Like it's like a gaming laptop. Like you're not going to take that thing anywhere. You're going to be sitting next to a wall with it plugged in. It's a nice idea. It uh, you're, we're not there yet. <laughs> I get it. And and it is a concept. They're not saying it's there yet, but you know, yeah, and it's it's under a thousand dollars. But I'm like, where are you going to go with it? You're yeah. not going anywhere with it. It's not why get a tablet when you could buy a PC for that. You know exactly, especially if you want things. If you want like a portable PC, you can get like one of the Alienware like 11 inch laptops for like a thousand bucks, maybe 1100 bucks. But this definitely, I don't, I, I do not think that this should be advertised to a PC market because as soon as I saw the analog sticks, I was immediately like, you know, I was like, nope, not worth it. Not, not this is not for us you know the pc gaming community and i don't think it's for tablet users either like yeah. and and i can almost guarantee or maybe i can't almost guarantee but the way that the thing is mounted i can't imagine that you'd be able to remove the controllers yeah, yeah it doesn't and, look like it at all and and on top of that even if you did like from the from the hands-on impressions i've read it's still like they didn't say it's twice as thick as an ipad but they said it's it's thick it's it's big yeah so even if you remove the controllers, it's still not. You you get better options elsewhere. You know, on either end of the spectrum. If you're PC, you can get a PC or a laptop that does the same thing, but costs less and is more fundamentally sound. And then if you're a la- if you're a true tablet person, you can get a real tablet. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, I don't. Even if this was, let's say they decide, okay, well, PC gamers aren't going to buy this. Marketing this to a non-PC community be a little rough because it does run on windows 8 which means you are going to run into pc gaming problems mm-hmm. like keeping true. your like keeping your drivers up to date you know and crashes uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know stuff like that yeah yeah because that's something I mean, that's the plug and play controllers don't work what the fuck they're attached to the tablet <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you're gonna run into pc problems i mean and that, that that one of the part I think one of the reasons why so many PC gamers you build your own PCs because you can spec it out properly and get everything you need to run it smoothly. Like for example, like my PC that I built, zero problems. You know what I'm saying? I have no problems with it at all. But my work PC per se, that's a Dell, is just like a, a big steaming pile. You know what I'm saying? That's what it feels like sometimes. That you know the freezes and stuff I get. So yeah, I don't necessarily think a console gaming community would really want to deal with PC gaming problems. That's why they like consoles. You know? Yeah, I don't see who this is marketed to. I really don't. And not even that, even as a console, primarily console gamer, I just, I I still don't, like, why do I want this? I think it's trying to hit all markets and not hitting any of them. That's (laughs) very accurate. Yeah. So there's that whole crazy thing. Yeah, so, um, but of course, like I said, it's a prototype. We will see what happens. Who knows? I mean, we may be eating our words in a couple months. Like, oh my God, this is the greatest creation ever. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, but as of right the now. Guy at Best Buy sold me six of them. <laughs> yeah, as of right now, I'm really not too excited for it. Uh, moving on to our next topic. Uh, there was an article in Develop Online 
uh, called The Future of Multi-Platform, which discusses HTML5 and the advantages and even the disadvantages of HTML5. Now, I know the Apple fanboys are very familiar with HTML5 because Steve Jobs says that's what you should use, you know, when he doesn't, when he didn't want to put Flash on devices. Um, but not everybody is necessarily familiar with it. Um, HTML5, I, I definitely do think it's a good thing, especially in terms of, like, you know, when he brought it up as a multi-platform, you know, I guess vehicle, where you can make one game for HTML5 and it'll run on multiple devices. Uh, but it does have its disadvantages, you know. Actually, Rob, you want to lead into this? I mean, it's got disadvantages, but my my like my standpoint isn't so much, I guess, technological because I don't know all the ins and outs of HTML5 like the way that you do say. Um, but it, in the article, basically, he he looks at like the advantages that it's that HTML5 promises. Um, the first one is reach, you know, like you said, being able to, to make something on, put something on one, you know, HTML5 and put it across multiple platforms, but have it, you know, basically you don't have to do anything else. It's HTML5 all the way across, um, so that you could put it on Android, iOS, PC, Mac, you know, other things that eventually have HTML5, whatever the case is. Um, so you could reach everybody that has, you know, any kind of electronic device technically, um, which sounds wonderful especially if you're making games you want to reach as many people as possible it's great um and the other one was player access uh so that you know you can you can basically log in anywhere because it's html5 you can log in from a browser you can be at home you can be on the go yada 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 kind of the same thing as reaching away um and then control is the third point um control is basically you know because you only have to tweak it on on HTML5 like in one place basically that you you have a lot of control you can run different you know tracking for players and and adjusting things and patching things fixing things as they need fixing and not having to go through well I ported it to this I need to go fix it over here I got to fix it here but it's different to fix both of these so it's going to take some time and this is going to have to be delayed blah 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 the, these are the things that HTML5 HTML5 promises now, I know nobody wants to, you know, people who are proponents of HTML5 don't want to hear, like, it has drawbacks because they don't think it has any drawbacks, I guess, <laughs> from everybody that I hear that's like, yeah, HTML5, there's no problems, nothing's wrong with it. Um, but he starts pointing out issues that it does have uh, when he starts doing investigations. But before I even got to that point, um, I assumed it was going to be a, like, rah-rah HTML5 post. And, <laughs> and my thoughts were... You know, like for Reach, it's like Reach is fine, but you have to know your audience too. And in a rush to make something for everyone, you know, to get it to as many people as possible, like you may be missing like who your audience really is to a certain extent. Um, uh, player access. Uh, I didn't really have necessarily a problem with that so much as the fact that like you're basically saying like you, you want people to be able to access things from like work. And and things of that nature, which I think is speaking to a problem, maybe, or maybe a, an issue in game design that you think people are going to need to play your game at work, you know, because they're going to be so compulsed to, you know, like in some sort of Farmville spending money sort of way. Not that not that's necessarily what it's saying, um, but game design issues. Uh, and then control is nice, except the the problem is that like for all of those platforms that you talk about when you're talking about reach 
and you know you're talking about facebook you're talking about other places none of those all of those are gatekeepers basically for the their you know their area if you really think that you're going to have full control total control without any sort of kind of checks balances or anything uh you're kind of insane like if you think you're going to have total control over a facebook game for example or a payment system on different platforms wrong you know like it's not going to happen right so well that's uh, a, i mean yeah, yeah. and, and like, like you're saying and i think and theoretically it all sounds great but you know you still have to deal with how people interact with different you know devices right you're like you know you're not gonna i'm not gonna play a game the same way uh on my pc that i would play it on my mobile phone and the thing is if you make a game if you make a game in such a way where you everybody has the same type of access to it or plays it the same exact way i think you're actually gonna wind up hindering the game because you kind of have to break it down to its simplest component right and i think and in fact is one of his investigations was seeing how much you know like you know if you have a stripped down html5 facebook game um that they stink compared to flash and he basically went out and tried to find a game that compared to flash or compared to you know that played on html5 and was good all the way across on all the platforms not just good on one and he really only found one game <laughs> and it was field runners that was yeah. good and knew- even then he says that chrome is like kind of well ahead of everybody else as far as HTML5, but you actually had you actually said something to me about why that's not necessarily true. Oh, you're talking about the the native client, right? That's available on Chrome. I mean, a native client, to my, at least to my knowledge, has nothing to do with HTML5. And my to my knowledge, the native client was. Uh, well, I mean, HTML5 has been in development for a long time, and that's one thing I want to make clear: the HTML5 is not even it's not complete yet; it's not finalized. The W3C does not recommend that you use HTML5. That's like their stance on it. I mean, you can because, you know, Mozilla and uh, Chrome, uh, well, so you should say Google, uh, who makes Chrome, they keep up on that stuff. And even Microsoft now is keeping up more up to date with the latest web standards. But of course, Mozilla and Google surpass them by a lot. But, um, yeah, I mean the native client basically it allows it allows uh, a developer to run C plus plus or or different uh, you know native languages inside the browser. And a big concern with that, of course, was the fact that you know if you can execute native code on a PC or even a, a Mac, oh, you know a Mac uh, or any type of computer, that's like a huge security risk. But the way Google deals with the the, space, the memory allocation, it doesn't necessarily touch your it doesn't touch your actual system. To put it simply, it's it's more complicated than what I'm going to say. They basically sandbox that portion so that it can't interfere with your computer and they execute some type of crazy malicious code on you. That's uh, actually how Bastion for Chrome works. Bastion okay. for Chrome uses the Google native client. Um, now the native client right now only works in chrome and uh they possibly might you know let it extend out to mozilla one day i don't know i mean google is, notor- is notoriously open with stuff um that's because they just make a bajillion dollars on ads <laughs> you know so you know they 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 kind of you know let stuff you know 
thinking of Wild. Exactly. So I wouldn't be surprised if they at least let Mozilla in on that action. Uh, But for right now, I think the only game, and I may be wrong, but the only game I know of that uses Native Client is is uh is Bastion. And to be honest with you, that's still that now relies on your hardware. You know, that's that like you wouldn't be able to play Bastion and Native Client on like a mobile browser. Right. <laughs> you know. So but that's the thing, like I, I I that's why I was kinda surprised when he talked about Native Client because I'm like, that's not entirely HTML five. And there could be I could be missing something. And you feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but right, I, mean, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Like that's, and I think maybe that speaks to the issue is that like even what he did find was a stretch. And I mean, he doesn't necessarily say that, but maybe that's also speaking to part of the problem is that like the reality isn't the same as what the promise is. Eventually, the promise will probably reach the reality. Yes, but I there's people that want you to think that it's right now and it's not the case. You know. Yeah. And the fact that he had to stretch so far just to find one game that you know looks good plays well has decent sound and stuff and it still isn't technically you know at least as far as we know technically what it's supposed even playing what it's on what it's supposed to be playing on kind of speaks to an issue with it yeah and i mean the thing is like bastion while it's a good game it looks great and actually does play well uh on a chrome browser bastion's not the most intense it's not really the most hardware intensive game you're gonna run into right so if you can actually put as much as like an intense game you can put into there, if you just if somebody just packages the game up and you installed it on your PC, it'll probably look better. <laughs> you know? Um I guess maybe this is something where, where where cloud gaming may come into effect. Well not into effect, but you know come into play where if you have like Gaikai, you know, with the you know, working working the backbone and, you know, playing games like that through your browser. I mean, that's a different story, but we're not really talking about that. We're talking about HTML5, you know? So, I mean, that's... I mean, I, I, I do like HTML5, uh, and eventually, I mean, mash those buttons will be HTML5, but as of right now, like, I really don't see the big advantage in using it. Right, I think that... I think it really is just promise versus reality, but people want to believe about the promise. Like, they, it, this is kind of a, a little bit of a tangent, but it's related in a way um i read a story a couple weeks ago there were farmers in india and they were committing like committing suicide like in in a lot in large numbers because of uh because of their crops and the crops are genetically modified basically they they these guys had like taken out you know like huge loans and you know took money from you know reputable people that type of thing and basically like stake their whole lives on the fact that like these these companies were saying like all oh, these genetically modified crops they they don't take as much water you know you won't have so many ruined harvests and blah 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 and like all the claims basically were false but huh. they had staked everything on it um and it was pushed as being you know like but, but these you know crops and stuff were pushed as being something that they weren't at least not you know ideally like they weren't there yet and I see kind of the same thing in HTML5 where it's like, okay, well, like, obviously, like, some people are going to get trampled underfoot in this, you know, when things don't work out quite like they think, you know, because somebody says at some point in development, HTML5 is the way to go, we need to do that, and then you find out that it's not what it's promised, you know, when you get, you know, too deep in, you know, development to stop, 
you know, right. you, may, you hope maybe it's better by the time you come out, or but you come out and you, you're not hitting where you're supposed to be. You're not getting all this reach. You're not getting all this promise that was out of it. And then it's basically people going like, you know, dusting off their hands and going, well, that's the price of advancement. You know, it's it's it overrides common sense. You know, sometimes it is better to port. Sometimes it's better to deal with other clients and you know programming languages and stuff it, yeah. if it's not there yet. You know, you have to be practical at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually HTML5 will be a very, you know, like, you know, it'll get to the point where Flash is just not needed anymore in terms of those types of games. Yeah. So I think it'll get to that point, but right now, and even W3C agrees, um, and if, for those who don't know, that stands for World Wide Web Consortium. Um, they pretty much, you can say they make the rules when it comes to, you know, uh, HTML, HTML5, XHTML, CSS, all that good stuff. Um, you know, w- I think when they say it's ready, then I think people should start to dig into it. But uh, right now, I do believe it's preemptive, you know. And I think a lot of the blame is is, is Apple for pushing it so hard. Well, and they have so many advocates that people latch on to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, oh, that, oh, Steve Jobs saw the future. We need to follow that. Um, I mean, the guy does goes through other tests and stuff a little more some of them were more uh technical than i'm capable of explaining and he also talks to some other companies about html5 games they're working on and like people's people's like reactions were basically all over the place about it you know uh it's just not you know like he he breaks down some of the other you know the options and why they work and it things just aren't what they're cracked up to be at least not yet so you can take a look at the article and see some of the more technical things and stuff that he talks about because it's a pretty, it's a pretty in-depth article about it. It's yeah. interesting read. All right, yeah. So uh, yeah, moving on to our next article though. Actually, our last two articles kind of go hand in hand here. Um, first off, put a rumor to rest. There will be no PS4 at E3. Sony has confirmed that there will be no PS4 at E3 2012. There's no way that that's happening. Sorry. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> not surprised. I really am not. I think that it's... I think people may... The only reason people may be surprised is because it was hyped up so, so, so much that Microsoft and Sony both had to, had to, had to show something at E3 this year. Otherwise, somehow they would be lost. It's not really true. <laughs> like, the Wii, especially with Wii U not really being that threatening, honestly. I... Yeah, you don't want them to have a huge head start on you, but I don't think it's that threatening to either one of them right now. Yeah, because, well, one, just because, well, first of all, the Wii U right now is not getting the greatest press. But second of all, I do honestly think Nintendo caters to a broader audience, or maybe I shouldn't say, maybe you could even say a different audience or a different part of the gamer than Sony and Microsoft do. That's fair. You know, because I mean, like, sure, I, I have a Wii, I just don't play it all that much. And there's certain things I would play on it. But, you know, my core gaming is done on the Xbox 360 in terms of consoles, and Xbox 360 or PS3. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you that the Wii is a terrible console, because it's not. Yeah, so, I think that, exactly. Like I think the Wii U is the, is the same way. It's different. And if there's one thing I give Nintendo credit for, who else is coming out with innovations like all the time? You know, the Connect and the PS Move were both. Well, at least I could say the Connect was a it was a uh, a reaction to the Wii. 
But the, the, I do know that the PS Move was actually in development before the Wii came out. It just never released it. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, no no PS4 at E3. No word on what Microsoft is doing. But, I mean, we just received reports, I don't know, maybe six, seven months ago that Microsoft was hiring engineers for the new Xbox. Yeah. You know? And rumors have been flooding in out there that the three three sixty successor is going to be shown in some form, probably as an early tease. Maybe something on par with what we saw last year for Wii U. Probably not even that heavy at E three this year. And, and again, this is all rumor; it's not confirmed. There was some for the PlayStation Four also, but you still have most people saying that probably not going to happen. Although certainly there were rumors of that. Um, definitely, obviously, they've been working on it for a while, but doesn't sound like we're going to see it. And even though MCV, which is a UK site where this, you know, with a rumor that, hey, it's definitely coming at, at E3 2012, get hyped. Um, you know, they're a pretty re- respectable site. This isn't some random, you know, small blog or something. But, you know, immediately after they came out with that, you had a lot of uh, analysts, actual, like, respected analysts in the industry <laughs> say, you know, um, make all the jokes you want about Michael Patcher, but the guy, you know, it's usually on par with what's going on. Anyways, they're they're coming out right away saying this is probably not actually going to happen. So it's not hugely surprising, but there you have it. We're not getting the super mega triple header next gen console E3. Yeah. So it also bears mentioning that not only they're not they're not showing the PS4 like it's not even getting teased. Like they're not making any right. announcements. Period. So it's not going to be like, oh hey guys, remember it's coming. Like that. There's not going to be anything. So. That's official. Yeah. Uh, you know what, though? I'm the glad they came out and said that. So so we're not going... Yeah, like, you don't yeah, go in and get disappointed. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think they remember what happened last time. You know, with the PS3, I think they showed it a little bit too early. You know... <laughs> with their boomerang and shit. Yeah, with the boomerang <laughs> controller and then that kill zone demo. They're like, Which oh, yeah, that, that's yeah. what it looks like. And everybody's like, really? And like, no. <laughs> you know, like that's that that really what it looks like. Nope. Batman holding it. Yeah, you know, like that's yeah. They were they were a little too too early with that this too. This will be made of gold. <laughs> like, yeah. actually, I yeah, I remember when I was at E three oh five and they were showing um uh the Xbox three sixty possibly even a little bit too early for that because almost every game I played on the demo unit they had there crashed. <laughs> like you know. So maybe they're they're just trying to be a bit more prepared this time. You know, definitely Which Sony. Makes sense. Maybe. Maybe they could, they're not they're not in any threat, I don't think, you know, by Wii U. And if they can come to come to the table and have something more compelling that it's not gonna matter what you Wii U has. So Yeah. Well maybe they learned from the Wii U demonstration, but hey, we cannot <laughs> we cannot display this too early. Look what happened to Nintendo. Right. right. We can have a lot of good press going into it, but come out of it looking like, you know, yeah. 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 Oh, and the, these conferences, for you guys that don't know, are extremely expensive for the for these guys to put on. It is millions of millions of dollars that they're putting in here, you know, only to have uh, millions and millions of fans on the internet going, Sony sucks, or Nintendo sucks, Microsoft's the worst, what a bunch of idiots. Yeah. And they see that, and they're like, why are we spending all this money on E3? <laughs> yeah, so they're probably, they're probably just taking it easy. Uh, but somebody, uh, and this is our last article here, believes that either Microsoft or Sony will not be releasing a next-gen console 
Um, it's a representative from Gaikai, uh, Nania Reeves, or Nania Reeves, I guess you could say. That's, that's her name. Um, she was quoted at CES saying, not all of the current console makers will have one more generation. That will be the big news at E3. And, I mean, but that, okay, like, why? Like, how, what, what, bring, what makes you say that? Besides just wanting attention, you know? The thing that kind of pissed me off about this is that so a, a bunch of news outlets just took this and ran. You know, some of them didn't even state that it was a rumor. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my biggest problem with this because like any other time, like it's just somebody who's like doing a bunch of naysaying and they're just trying to get their name out there. It just happens to be somebody from like a bigger company, technically, um, or at least one that's a little more respected. Doesn't usually come out with stuff like this, basically. At least not that I've seen. Like on live has been kind of crazy in the past, but I've never seen Gaikai come out and be like, Bear! you know. But our journalistic brothers and sisters got crazy. A little bit because i mean like like you said like there were sites that didn't even say that it was just a prediction like there were sites that came out and were like talking about it like full page articles discussing it as if like it's a real possibility and this is who it might be you know like going down like the you know the the cases for each one or why it would be this one or that one like it was and making no mention of the fact at all that it's a prediction guys it was a prediction like it even says it's a prediction like i i don't know why anybody would say like oh there's like super insider information we don't know and one of them is dropping out what reason do they have like that's the thing that gets me even if you believed that that was insider information classify that shit as a rumor and move on with your lives because what reason do they have to drop out of the race right now oh yes especially like both microsoft and sony are making like a lot of money off of their console divisions. Um, the PS3 is one of the more successful console uh, well, divisions in Sony, period. Right. And it, and yeah, the it's entire not... PlayStation division he's referring to it right. is, is doing much better than a lot of other Sony things, which is definitely true. And Microsoft, we just found out at, at CES that there's 66 million units shipped, are, which is way more units than they sh- I can't remember the exact number, but I know that's more than the original Xbox ever sold over its entire life. Granted, that was only really out for four years, and it's, we're on entering year seven now for the, yeah. for the 360. But regardless, the point is the thing is selling. They're making out a lot of money. Okay, the PlayStation 3 hasn't sold as many, but I think it's you know it's, it's still sold like 50 million or something, 55 million, something like that. It's still They're still making a lot of money. They're still making a lot of money. There's no reason for them to say, well, we're not making as much money as we were. We're, we're making ludicrous money before, and now we're only making absurd money. We better stop. Yeah. I it's mean, it's like completely different. I saw a couple arguments on, on the, you know, in comment sections of articles, and some people were like, well, they made X amount of dollars with the PS2, with the PlayStation, and the PS2 made this much money. But back then, I mean, you have to think about their competition at the time. I mean, the PlayStation's only competition was Nintendo 64 when it came out, and they catered to two different audiences. Nintendo catered for everybody, but, you know, Sony was really for adults. Then you had the PS2 that killed the Dreamcast. And then, you know, you had an Xbox that, you know, limped along at best. Yeah, you know? Microsoft, everybody always knew Microsoft was in it just to get a foot in the door. And yeah. obviously the GameCube was 
just an afterthought as far as you know sales compared to the PlayStation 2. Exactly. So of course now with the Xbox 360 coming out first, you know the Wii U, the not the Wii U, sorry, but the Wii being you know revolutionary, you have some real competition. <laughs> and now things are starting to kind of balance out. More people are getting uh, you know a piece of the pie. So what's the what's the problem? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like they acting like you know Sony's actually losing money, or Sony or Microsoft are actually losing money when it comes to games. I mean, they're they're obviously pouring more into it. I mean, look at the changes they're making to Xbox Live. If it, if the, the the Xbox 360 was not profitable for them, or you know if if gaming was not profitable for them, they wouldn't be adding all these additional services into their console. They would have came out with some other type of device to do all this stuff. Yeah, you know, and and, I, and I'm almost kind of okay with the like okay let's explore why this might make sense but but if you're going to do that i also want to see you saying however here's why it doesn't make any sense and we think this is all completely not true at all or at the very least a a long shot but it's just it's obviously a very sexy headline like sony or microsoft dropping out of console business yeah i just wish it wasn't such a slow news period because i don't think it would have caught that kind of steam Otherwise, yeah. like if yeah. it wasn't January. It's not a problem to talk about it, though, but let, let's keep right. it in perspective. Keep it reasonable. And yes, exactly. So, it, you know, this is a rumor, and here's why it doesn't make sense. You know, so some of the first comments in, in on one of the sites, they cover, cover this guy's people talking about, you know, how it makes a lot of sense because Sony and Microsoft, you know, they're not selling as well and all this. And then it, it's like, no, like, like we just went over. Like Microsoft's selling better. Sony, maybe not as good, but still very well. And let's also keep in mind how many of those PlayStation 2s were sold after the thing dropped down to that like obscenely low budget price of yes. like $130, I think. Exactly. I think once it hit like 130 or 150 whatever, somewhere around that, whatever it was precisely, that's when the thing, not that it wasn't selling extremely well before then, but once that happened, then it was like everybody was, who wasn't really a gamer was like, wow, let's get in on this PlayStation 2 thing everybody's talking about. It's cheap as hell. I know people who had PS2s that worked that went out and bought those because they were smaller and they needed the, the smaller and space. And they lasted longer and whatnot, too. Yeah, exactly. They wanted the smaller space so they could fit their PS3 and Xbox in, in the same place, you know? So, but yeah, so, that, I mean, uh, it's a prediction, but it was just taken way out of context. So, well, hopefully the, the, the you know, since, you know, news is kind of, the news machine is kind of starting back up and getting in motion. Uh, we won't see ridiculous lateness like this until, you know, I guess July or August when it gets slow again. So, but hey. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be our, our last topic for today. Let's get into last week's question of the week, which was, uh, will the PS Vita have a more successful launch in the U.S. than the 3DS? So we got two comments, uh, one from Sage Infinite. I haven't bought a handheld in forever, but I think it will have a more successful launch. The thing just sounds too good. And, uh, yeah, it definitely it sounds good. I think it'll definitely, um, I think it'll sell well. I don't think it's going to, like, blow the doors off or break any, like, spectacular records on launch. Um, I think the biggest uh, problem is still kind of going to be the price that it's 250 versus the 3DS at, like, what is it, one? 70 right now 3ds uh yes yeah. I, I had the most it. yes it is. Uh, is it 170 or 180 yeah, I think about it's it. either 169.99 or 179 i think it's 179 
Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle. Like when it you first it. when it first came out, well, when the sorry, when the 3DS first came out and it was 250, and then the Vita's like, "We're 250." I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's going to be that that's going to be good." <laughs> you know. Right. Now, I think it's good, but yeah, I mean, the price drop has kind of changed the the climate just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a little different now. And while Nick looks that up, I'm going to read this comment from Admiral Mikey. I think the PS Vita will probably follow the path that the two latest console releases in the U- in the U.S., the PS3 and the 3DS, um, an immediate satisfactory launch with all the early adopters running out to buy it day one, followed by a few months of disappointment. Uh, there will be an initial thrill of having a new console, followed by the majority of the gaming audience sitting on their hands until the price goes down, or until a few better games come out for it. I do think it'll bounce back after, oh, sorry, bounce back a little quicker than the 3DS, considering its launch lineup looks considerably better, but I don't have a ton of confidence in it when I asked a friend of mine who only owns a PS3 whether or not he'd be getting the Vita, and his prompt response was, what's Vita? (laughs) Or what's a Vita? Yeah, so that's... That's depressing. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, Man, Sony better get out of the console and handheld business. <laughs> <laughs> that lack of awareness from the common gamer makes me think that its big brother, the PSP, uh, the Vita may have a long road ahead of it. Oh, sorry, like its big brother, the PSP, the Vita may have a long road ahead of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess that's kind of true. Like, you know, there are a lot of people who don't know about still don't know about the PS Vita. Um, I guess, you know, since Nintendo was, uh, you know, it's in, you know, the DS printed money when the 3DS was coming out, it was everywhere. Even CNN, God, that, that 3DS review on CNN was terrible, but still it was like everywhere. Uh, Yeah. Mr. I grew up playing Halo. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) five minutes ago when I grew up. Children. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, so, you know, the 3DS was everywhere. Everybody knew it was coming out. The Vita, not so much, because the PSP, I mean, the PSP sold, and it sold well enough to make another handheld, uh, but it's not like it struggled. It sold, just not as it's just not as well as, the, you know, the DS, so, yeah, but I guess there's a lot of people who don't really know about the Vita or the differences. Like, there's probably the people that know about it, but don't even know that it plays graphics, you know, PS3-style graphics, or what it can really do, so... I know, I do think it's gonna have a slow launch. Like you know, it's gonna sell well like the first week, to our first month even, and then it'll kind of drop off. And I was gonna be like, see, see, mobile gaming killing handhelds. And then, you know, I think during the holiday season, it's gonna, it's gonna like you know destroy, you know, people's wallets. <laughs> at least yeah, I should say. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think it's gonna, I think it's really gonna take up during the holidays because at that, you know, you're coming out. What is it like mid February? You're going to have a lot of time for people to kind of pick it up. And then, you know, people's friends are going to have it by the holiday season. And like, hey, mom, I want a Vita. You know, all the parents that go out Christmas shopping. You know, I think it's good to get it out there in February, though, because obviously you got like a console launching during yeah. the holiday season. So you, you don't want to put a handheld up against a console. Right, exactly. So I'm just curious to see how many people I'm going to see at PAX with Vitas because they'll see me with one. True. That's for sure. I might hang it around my neck, you know, walk around. <laughs> That's the gamer bling now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> you know, so I might, like have the Uncharted demo running on it as I'm like, you know, walking through, <laughs> walking through the crowds. Don't those diamond studs interfere with the touchscreen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, 
Yeah, I do. I, I do. I, of course, you know, if you listen to the show, you know, none of us think the Vita is going to fail. I just do don't think it's going to be, you know, have like a, a crazy launch. And you know what the funny thing is? I think that Sony is well aware of what's going to happen in the sales progression. But the, their PR departments have to fight off these analysts with like bats. It's un, it's crazy. Like it, they have to constantly defend like the fact that yeah, just because it's not flying off the shelves doesn't mean that it's failing. You know, and I, I, that's crazy, man. It really is. So the 3DS turned it around, big time, big time. It turned it around, and it's still early in that slide in that um, platform's life cycle too. You know, we oh, still yeah. have a lot to see with what's going to happen there. But the point is, like, just because something sucks for a month, or I mean, it's been like two and a half weeks. December seventeenth, the thing launched. Hasn't even been a month yet. It's been three weeks since the thing lost in Japan. You know, hold on a second. Let's give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. Ser- seriously, I mean, it's funny. You know, when in regards to the 3DS, like how how many people, how many different reports do we hear about dedicated handhelds dying because of what was happening with the 3DS? Which when we discussed it last week, we talked about the fact that it was because Nintendo had such high standards for the 3DS. That they had to move back their, you know, their projections, which kind of brought on the analysts. But now that it's actually, you know, it sold more three, they sold more 3DSs in eight months than they did the first year of the DS launch, and nobody's saying anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, broke, broke a sales record in December. I mean, three price. times. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it broke the the record like for. All time for sales in the month of December for a dedicated handheld too. I want to say, yeah, I just uh, that it was like 1.3 million or it was some somewhere in that range. I'm sure someone out there knows and is freaking out right now that I'm not precisely on, but you guys know what I'm talking about. It sold like crazy. Yeah, so I mean, it's just funny that now all is quiet, you know. Yeah, we just don't talk about that anymore. Shh. We'll wait till one of those rumors we're right about comes happens. I kind of wish stuff like this wasn't so high profile because it, you know, you have people who aren't in the gaming industry making these predictions and you know telling investors like, oh no, don't invest in the 3DS. Dedicated handhelds are going down the tubes. Invest in mobile, you know, mobile gaming companies. You know, and okay. Nintendo just okay. hand them a big old cup of you know, shut the fuck up in December. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like pretty much that's what happened. You know, Reggie was sending out Christmas cards that says, you know, just kiss my ass. You know, that was pretty much what happened in December. You know, Nintendo's too nice for that. They really didn't do it. I, I've just really, I, that's just what I dream of sometimes. <laughs> no, that's, that's, <laughs> they're getting back. He, kicks ass. he doesn't tell you to kiss ass. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, same idea. Yeah. So thanks, guys, for. You know, answering last week's question. Uh, this week's question is going to be in regards to you know that last topic we had, the speculation of Sony or Microsoft dropping out of the console race. And the question is, how do you think the gaming landscape would change if Microsoft or Sony dropped out of the console race? Um, so yeah, just you know, answer that, and you know, we'll talk about that on next week's Mashcast. Um, now we do have an announcement. Uh, on this Mashcast. This is actually going to be Nick Santangelo's last Mashcast. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Uh, this is my final week here at MTB. I'm moving on to something else, which I'm not going to discuss here, obviously, but 
I just want to say thanks to everybody who's listening. It's been great. And I hope you keep on listening because Rob and Jared are going to keep on bringing you an awesome, one of the best gaming podcasts out there around every week with some of the other staffers. Some other people will get a chance to talk for once. So if you're tired of my awful jokes, you're finally free from them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm trying to think if we should play a little game with, because we already, we do have somebody else coming on. Um, which uh, we're, we'll, we will not fully announce until actually next week's MASHcast, so you'll have to find out next Friday. Um, but I'm trying to think if we're going to play a little game, you know? Do a little, you know... Really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I'll, I'll think about it over the weekend. Maybe put something up on Monday, you know? Okay. See what we can, we can come up with. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, de- definitely thank Nick for everything he's done uh, for the site and for, you know being our, our third amigo on the mash cast you know we had some others but obviously nick was the one that stuck so you will be yeah. missed you have we with us three we have forged forth from mordor you know carrying the one ring from the dark dark days of the beginning of the mash <laughs> oh cast. yeah those were dark days indeed so you know, uh new chapter but you know thank you for your thanks for being here yeah, yeah, thanks for giving me the chance to you guys. And more importantly, again, thanks to the listeners. I mean, you guys make the show. Nobody listens. I mean, we really don't have a reason to, to put on a show. Exactly. So thanks to everybody. I'm sure the MASHcast will carry on and continue kicking ass and telling people to kiss Reggie's ass without me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, care, we're going to keep that rolling. I'll, uh, I'll see you around out there. Yeah. So, yeah, um, as usual, you can catch us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, twitter.com slash mtb site and facebook.com slash match those buttons we're also on itunes so you can subscribe to that if you uh you know if you if you listen all the time that will automatically come into your itunes on friday mornings now there was one thing i forgot because there is something that i noticed this week when i was going over our statistics um there's a lot of soundcloud listeners out there (laughs) um well I, not not like a tremendous amount, but a lot of you guys do listen every week on SoundCloud. It's not just new people every week, and then you kind of go to iTunes. So some of you guys just you know constantly listen on SoundCloud. So, but you but you never say anything. We never get any comments on SoundCloud. So I was like, I wonder if I could do something about that. So I have a little contest, and unfortunately, this is going to be you know PC only because I only have the code for or the codes for PC. But nothing special. Nothing spectacular. The first person to comment on this podcast on SoundCloud will get a free Humble Bundle 4, which has like 12 games in it. And I'll put a link to the Humble Bundle. And you, you, if you're on PC, if you're a PC game, you probably already know um, what the Humble Bundle is and what was in it. I'll give you a free copy of it. I, it's some of the best indie games that came out last year. Plus much. a lot of other good ones and soundtracks. Yeah, yeah, pretty you, much. You want it. Yeah, like it was like you get the Humble Bundle 4 plus the Humble Bundle 3 and all the game soundtracks. That's all included with this Humble Bundle. So nothing special. It's awesome. You know, just you know, say hi to us. You know, hello. <laughs> and you'll get yourself a Humble Bundle. But I just want to see, you know, are you people actually listening to the end of the podcast every week? I guess we'll find out. But, um... As always, thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate you always. You know, as Nick said, if without you guys, we, you know, there would be no show. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we're gonna wrap up here, and we will catch you guys next week. Bye bye, everybody, and thanks a lot for everything.
Later.